This is the strategy inside everything. I'm Adam Pierno. Quick note before we get started. This episode was recorded before everything changed. So if it sounds like a conversation from another time, it pretty much is. I still find the conversation extremely valuable. So if you have any feedback, I would love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter and let me know what you think. Thanks. All right. Welcome back to another episode of The Strategy Inside Everything. We have a very interesting episode today um, because I'm joined from someone who is solving problems for partners and clients in totally different way than what we're usually discussing. So I'm anxious to, to get going um, talking to today's guest um, who is joining me. This is Rana Sidamed. She is the Senior Global Director of Creative and Apparel Marketing at Avery Dennison. Uh, Rana, how are you? Yeah, good, Adam. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited about our conversation. Yeah, we had a chance to chat uh, a week or so ago and almost almost had the episode there <laughs> while we were while we were catching up so I'm, we we had to press pause on just just uh talking and getting to know each other so thank you for uh allowing me to get you back on the phone of course no no it was exciting um i was a little bit nervous talking to you last time but then um you know i think i i'm, I'm i know what i'm in for today <laughs> <laughs> hopefully hopefully I'm, I'm helping to make it a little easier yes for sure Absolutely. Great. Um, would you give people a little bit of your background uh, and then we'll get we'll go into the conversation today? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, if I go way back, I, I, I'm, I'm Egyptian. I was born in Alexandria, Egypt. Um, I studied design at NC State um, in uh, university in, in North Carolina, obviously. And I started my career in San Francisco. I, I first started in publication design. So I worked for Wired magazine. I thought that was going to be my future. But I quickly fell into apparel. So my, my uh, first real job was at Levi's. And after Levi's, I kind of stuck into the denim world. I moved to Italy. I worked for Diesel Jeans for a few years. Um, I worked for a brand called Rule as part of Abercrombie and Fitch. Um, and then right before Avery Dennison, I, um, I took more of, I kind of left denim and, and did a little bit more in performance. So I was working for Nike for a few years. I was the global director of prints and pattern for apparel and footwear. And uh, currently I've been at Avery Dennison for seven years. Amazing. It's the longest job I've ever held and I love it deeply. So, yeah. And, and that's talk kind of my brief. Uh, no, that was great. That was a great rundown. And talk a little bit when people hear Avery Dennison, I know that the picture of the brand they get in their mind. So talk a little bit about what you do there, because it is not um, how I envision the brand. Sure. So let me let me start a little bit higher. So, you know, Avery Dennison is a basically a material science company. So it's specializing in the design and manufacturing of a variety of labeling materials, uh, some pressure sensitive materials for the um, medical industry and industrial use. But the division I work in is, is called retail brand and information solutions. And basically we work with uh, you know, retail brands, the brands that we all know and love, and we help them with their basically their on garment branding. So if you're thinking about compliance labels, hang tags, tickets, external embellishments, um, radio frequency identification solutions, RFID. So this is this is the division in which I work, and and it's so it's very much about um, you know the, the apparel industry. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting when you get inside and you you learn more about all the different tentacles or all the different uh, units within a big company like that, all the different ways they play and all the solutions that they offer. Um, because even just in the description you provided, uh, there is you know exterior branded labeling, but there's also RFID and kind of functional uh, labeling as well. I mean, it's so interesting because I remember when I was first introduced to, to Avery Dennison, I, I didn't really know the, the company, obviously, as much as I know now. And I, I remember first thinking, okay, why am I talking to Avery Dennison? I come from an apparel background. And now that I'm here, I totally get it, right? I really think that, um, you know, so my team, I, I like you mentioned earlier, I, I, um, I lead the creative and uh, apparel marketing teams. And basically, um, it's a global team, and we're working with brands all over the world, from Asia to um, Central and South America to obviously the U.S., and we're really helping them with the design and almost like the craftsmanship behind their branding. So it could be it could be a small up and coming brand, and it could or it could be an established brand that's reinventing themselves. And our, our team is, is amazing at really kind of partnering with those brands to, to help them realize their you know, their branding dreams. <laughs> yeah, which, which, I mean, what do they bring to you that, you know, that you, that your team responds to? Is it, is it kind of flat design that they bring and say, okay, we want to produce something that looks like this. It'll be this kind of uh, material and we're looking for help adhering a logo or we're looking for help with this overlaying these two pieces, you know, connecting these two ideas or what is the, how rough is the idea that they bring you or do they have it fully fleshed out and you are more executing and meeting, you know, materials and cost guidelines? It's, it's actually, there's both. Um, I always say it's, you know, it's the sweet spot of Avery Dennison is if you kind of come in and collaborate with us early on your thinking process. That's when we really can, you know, can help you with the thinking, the materials, the technology. However, some brands come to us very much and it's, you know, they have everything uh, designed, the, the ideas thought through, the logos designed, and it's more about like an execution part right now, not as much as design. So it's, it's yes to both. And I think there is, if you are, if you already have your brand established and you really know what you want and you just need branding, I think our team is great at coming up with solutions for you that are going to be, that, can, uh, that are going to work for your logo, for example. So it's more like that craftsmanship behind it. But sometimes a brand could be brand new or, you know, some of these brands have sub brands or private labels, for example, and they're really coming to us to say, okay, so this is, we're thinking about this name. Can you explore some designs? What is, you know, how to help us build the brand from the actual color palette to the logo design. And we even come up with, you know, the, the even mood board stage. So we have kind of both kinds of customers. Um, and I think that, I mean, of course, for me and, and leading the creative team, we love the ones that come with like a, you know, whiteboard and we, we all collaborate together. That tends to be a lot more interesting and I think a lot more beneficial for the brand. And what makes that successful? When, when because it, this is why I wanted you on the show because you're, you're such a unique um, placement in, in the development of their products. And when a client comes to 
uh, people listening to the show, I think people love the idea of being in at the entry point where you can impact the shape of the product or the shape of the plan. And in your experience, I wanted to know what makes it work when you are in that whiteboarding session or, or from that session going forward? What makes it successful in your experience? So, it, yeah, in my, in my experience, starting at that, you know, at that whiteboard stage is, is, is very successful for two reasons. If we're thinking even about um, sustainability, for example, and brands that care about sustainability and are thinking about the long-term impact, when we're all sitting there in the room together, brainstorming and, and thinking about, okay, it's not really kind of a selfish conversation. It's very much like a shared value. How does everybody win here? It just, it, it changes the dynamic of the, the conversation. It becomes super collaborative. You know, what my team is, is digging into the archives. I mean, we're, we've been at it for, for, you know, years and years, right? So, you know, we think about their, the, the brand is sharing initial ideas, whether it's design aesthetic ideas or ideas around sustainability and the process of making the apparel that's slightly different. And so we're sitting there looking through the past and thinking about the future. So we're, we're thinking about, you know, all the hundreds and thousands of projects that we've done in the past and how we, you know, what we can pull to bring into this situation, as well as thinking about, okay, what, what are our technologies or how can we innovate together right now? So I'll give you an example of Great. Christopher Rayburn. Yeah. Yeah. So Christopher Rayburn is um, is a brand from the UK. We've been working with Christopher for quite a few years, um, and uh, his brand is really, you know, started with this idea of sustainability. It was born around that idea, and he's very much into using dead stock materials, right? So either current fabrics that are sitting there somewhere in a warehouse or reusing, you know, he did this uh, jacket a few years back that was made from parachute, old parachute material. Oh, that's so cool. we're sitting there with, um, yeah, with, with Christopher. And now we understand he wants to kind of use this dead stock and, uh, and, and really pushing us to think about sustainability in a different way. And um, there's a great story where he came to visit one of our facilities in Italy, which is a weaving facility. And we were weaving woven labels for him. And actually we were using recycled yarns. We've been doing that actually for years, using recycled yarns in, in, in the branding and the woven labels. However, he was walking around seeing the machines, you know, create the woven labels. And there is a certain kind of waste that comes out of the, the, the machine. Right. That it's not, so, it's not a hundred percent utilized. Every, every scrap of material doesn't make it to the end. Exactly. Later. Exactly. So he was actually challenging. He challenged us and said, okay, so how can I use this waste back into my own labels? Right. Kind of this idea of circularity. That's cool. So he made us really, really think about that. And so actually through that experience, we innovated with him and we, we um, came up with this uh, yarn that's made from our, the, the waste of our uh, weaving uh, materials, right? So it's great, right? So it becomes super circular. And, and when, so you have someone who is out in front of it, like uh, Christopher Rayburn. So he, he is thinking about sustainability. He is thinking about, that's part of his, what's important to him, his mission and his brand is built on that. And then um, let's say a brand comes that is a, a traditional brand that has been doing things in a developed way that they have a process. 
how do you then apply some of the innovation from the really forward thinking brands to, you know, a more traditional brand that says, no, this is, I'm putting in an order. I want this, you know, I want X, Y, Z at this price point and is not um, asking for sustainability. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you asked a really great question, and and we do work with some of these really massive brands that that really could change, you know, that can have a huge impact um, on the environment if they if they kind of switch to more sustainable solutions, right? And the question comes down to usually cost. Can you do it at the cost, or right. you know, can you can you be as innovative as Christopher Rayburn? I mean, Christopher Rayburn. Uh, it's actually quite a, a large brand now, but it, it's not a massive brand, right? So it can it can kind of go in uncharted territories and, and waters over kind of an established brand that needs hundreds and thousands of labels, let's say. However, I think we always, I mean, right now, every project that we embark upon, we're always looking at it through the sustainability lens. And we have... Uh, in our portfolio of products, uh, you know, different ranges of um, products that in, in different price points. So a big brand that has kind of price and cost pressure, we can, we can definitely explore options. Like if you think about um, price tickets, right? This is, you know, a lot of times people take that ticket. That's the first thing that they kind of cut off a, of when you buy a garment and you right. cut it off and, yeah, yeah. you know, and you, you throw it in the recycling. So as simple as that, we, we, we advise brands to use um, FSC certified paper, which is paper made from renewable sources, uh, uh, renewable forests, right? So like there are really simple shifts that you could do, even using recycled yarns in your woven label. It doesn't really change the look and feel at all and, and really doesn't impact cost that much most of the time. And do you so find really that they do you find that when you have success with you know starting with the the price tag that they they kind of are willing to hear the next step and and over time you have success introducing more sustainable ideas or are they are there kind of different brands and different companies have different rules and even different designers I guess. Well, I, I will tell you that right now, I mean, um, it actually, is, it's, it's been very positive and, and very inspiring for me because maybe five years ago, we had to go in and, and push and think about and, and, and push brands to think about sustainability. Have you thought about this? Do you want to use recycled? You know, uh, uh, do you want to, you know, and, and maybe there's a little bit of pushback, you know, it's kind of, but right now, actually, most of the brands, you know, because of the the pressure from investors around to think more sustainability and, and really the bottom line, these brands are, are coming um, under pressure from their consumers, right? Not only the investors. So it's actually very much in the forefront of all the conversations we're having now. So it's actually really easy. They're really open. They want, they want to understand um, wh what are the best practices when it comes to sustainability for branding. And, and it becomes a much easier conversation right now. It, it wasn't like that five years ago, but it really is now. So, um, so yeah, I mean, so yes, they are open and, and, it, and it's easy to, to collaborate this way. But it's still, you know, when you think about some of these brands, it's still very transactional. Like, here is the design. I've already done it. We are thinking about this. Give me the best, most, most sustainable solutions for it, right? Yeah. As opposed to, like, let's cook it. Let's. Let's cook together in the kitchen and make this amazing meal <laughs> together. <laughs> well, we so. all we all want that that shared experience of creating together, 
Um, and whether you're a, a provider or whether you're, you know, it's your product and it's your responsibility, there's always boundaries and some of them are clearly demarcated and some of them are invisible and you just trip over them and, and cause offense or break something in the, in the process. So it's, it's interesting well, to hear how you guys are navigating it. Well, I mean, it's funny because I love breaking stuff, <laughs> which is not always easy when you think about, um, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm, um, you know, I'm work on the creative team and um, we're always thinking, all right, how do we go rogue on this thing? Right. But what can we break in the process just because then you uncover something new. Right. So uh, but at the same time, you know, it's it's not always easy when you're thinking about production and you don't always want to break things. Right. You, you don't always want to have that challenge like that Christopher Rayburn gave us and was like, okay, how are we going to do this? I mean, it's great. We love it, right? We talked about this idea of, you know, the more sustainable brands, the more complicated they are, right? I, and I, so... I think what I've found is you can break one one rule, but you, if you break more than one rule on a, with a, an idea, it, the whole thing usually falls apart. And you better know what the rules are, right, before you break them. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. so then you can really be prescriptive about which rule you break and why you're breaking it, you know. So, um, but I think it would be, you know, us as a creative and marketing team, I think if we didn't kind of push the boundaries and break stuff once in a while, right, it, then we wouldn't be doing our job, I think. So. Is the sustainability aspect of your work part of um, – bringing in new clients and partners are, are they coming to you for the sustainability or is sustainability just one benefit, you know, one part of the solutions that you offer. And, um, it's an, it's a, it's a nice to have, but it, it's not the lead thing that they're calling you for. Um, I think they're coming to us for a variety of different reasons. Uh, you know, we are global. So if you think about brands that, you know, we always say we try to be close to the needle, right? So if they are manufacturing somewhere in Asia, right, most likely we have a facility very close to them. So it like brings down, you know, CO2 emissions of shipping and, and so forth. So I think that's kind of the number one of the biggest reasons why brands come to us is kind of our global capacity and the fact that, you know, some brands are actually uh, producing apparel in Asia as well as in um, Central America, for example. And so how do you how do you ensure that consistency in both places, right? right. And so when you're working with a with a with a company like Avery Dennison, we do have that global consistency. So it's, it's we're global, we have global consistency, and then another layer is the sustainability. And quite frankly, you know, it's, it's sustainability and the products that we have and, and the solutions um, are evolving all the time, right? And, and we're always trying to think about, uh, actually, I had a question recently from uh, an individual around stickers, right? And then, you know, stickers for apparel and are there sustainable um, stickers out there? And, you know, the answer is yes. We've come up with some innovations uh, how to make the, the, the sticker thinner and, you know, ensuring that the, the glue is more sustainable and right. So you're always trying to think, okay, from a material science perspective, right. If you have to, you know, if you remember, we are a material science company. So we're always thinking about that science of the material and how to make it the most sustainable. So, yes, I think a lot of brands are now coming to us because, because, Sustainability is important to them. It's important to their consumers. It's important to their investors, and they are looking for those partners that can help them 
through that navigate through that um, challenge. And and with sustainability, it's not always cut and dry, right? right. It's not like I want to use. It's not always like I want to use less water or less energy. So you're constantly as a brand thinking about you know. There, there's a great um, there's a great quote by this uh, woman. Her name is Kara Smith, and she's currently with the uh, Fashion and Exchange Organization. And you know, she says um, she says perfection is the enemy of good, right? Yeah, sure. And so, and and she's you know she's a huge promoter of sustainability and 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 very inspiring person to to listen to. And and the idea is that you can't get everything perfect, and you really have to make some decisions right as a brand like what do you care about what do you what are you willing to trade off right are you going to try to use less water are you going to try to make sure that your any kind of paper you use is going to come from a renewable forest um one of the biggest issues right now in the apparel industry is the idea of plastic right and if you think about it every garment shipped from any uh garment manufacturer is put in this plastic bag to protect it in right. the journey whether it's right. coming so even, across. So even if you've, you know, figured out every possible solution, there's still a point where it is wrapped in plastic or uses a plastic uh, anti-theft or a hanger. Or, you know, there's there's going to be some point where it's out of your hands of what you can control or what, what hasn't been addressed yet. Exactly. So even with a plastic example, right, there's, so there's some options that you can think about for pla- do you use a bioplastic bag made from, you know, the w- food waste, mm-hmm. or do you use the uh, social plastic? There is this organization that we partnered with called Plastic Bank, and Plastic Bank, what they do is they set up all these recycling centers in underserved communities, and right, so basically you turn in the plastic that would have ended up in the ocean, and then they they give you money for it. And the idea is that we, you know, eventually we would love to be able to use that social plastic and create these bags, right? So not only is it stopping it from going to the ocean, it's great. It's lifting. I think they said each recycling center lifts over 100 uh, families from poverty. So do you go bioplastic? Do you go social plastic? Do you use recycled plastic or do you use virgin plastic? So, you know, even just one, so just to kind of show you the complexity of it, right? Even if you're even thinking about one solution, there's so many different routes that you can take. And what's and so cool you, though is that the, the complexity of addressing the problem means that there are complex solutions that can solve, address more than one problem at a time. So if it's that social plastic that's helping uh, get people out of poverty and provide provide jobs and touch on a few different um, really complex issues. And you start to see, oh, okay, this is, this is now uh, something that is, can scale and something people will invest in because there's a lot of positive to it. You know, exactly. But this idea of social plastic is very new. So social plastic is not a commodity product. Right. right. So right. if you are going to go down that route, you're going to have to pay a little bit more. We're also seeing some brands that are, you know, think like, you know, thinking about this long term impact and really thinking about how they can collaborate with other brands. So it's an idea also that if you had thought about this five years ago, that maybe competing brands will work together and pool their buying power to, you know, buy these, you know, more sustainable products to make them 
you know, more of a commodity, right? Because the prices are really high. So that is actually something that's been very, very inspiring to me nowadays to see those brands think so long-term, right? And and really think about the shared value of everybody, right? Even their competitors. So to me, this is very, very, very exciting. And I love to see more of that. And I think that if we have brands come together like that in the future and, and different companies, we will have more products like this idea of social plastic. Why well, can't everybody win? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what did the sustainability um, offering look like when you got there? When you got to Avery Dennison, I'm, I'm imagining the innovation that the way it's evolved and probably exploded in the last three years. What did it look like when you got there? Were you scratching your head trying to find solutions or were there already solutions that were there and you just just had to find an audience and a a way to communicate them better to your your clients and your partners i actually so when when i first um got here seven years ago um i think sustainability is really part of the dna of avery dennison right if you kind of go back in the history right um stan avery is the individual you know I'm not going to go dig deep, but really it's kind of, it started with this idea of maybe like listing people, the communities in which, you know, we work, where we're, we really care about like the social compliance aspect. So, there, you know, there's so many different levels of sustainability as far as product. Yes, we've actually patented this idea of using recycled materials in, in woven labels years ago. So, so it, you know, we, there, there has been kind of some deep thinkers here and people that cared about the environment that have always had those ideas, FSC certified paper. Right. You know, maybe we had um, 60% of our paper was, I don't want to really get into the numbers because I don't know exactly, yeah, but let's no, say it understand. was around 60%. Was, and now we're really trying to make sure that almost 100% or at least close to 80% is all FSC certified. So I think there's always been sustainable products. Um, in our portfolio. Um, however, yes, the audience wasn't always there and maybe the cost was, it was a little bit prohib- prohibitive. But right now, you know, um, they're there, right? They're there, people are asking for them. And if, it, you know, we talked about social plastic, but there's, you know, paper or, you know, recycled materials in, in, in woven labels or, um, you know, so those things are always there. And even if you think about, um, this idea, we really didn't talk about tech that much, right? This idea of RFID, and we have a product called uh, Janella, which basically is, is, if you think about um, QR codes, and that now you can have every garment that you make has kind of is born digital and has this digital identity. And if you think about transparency, right, and you want to talk about the whole transparency of the supply chain. So there is a solution that's been actually out there for, for a few years where you can, you can add that to a, a label and then you can use it to either communicate with your consumers about your sustainability ideas and, uh, and methods, or you could talk about where the garment was born, yeah, right? Or where it was made, who made our clothes. And is so, there a so demand this, this, for that? Because I know consumers are demanding, there, some segments of consumers, I should say, are looking for and demanding more sustainable everything, um, from food to clothing to everything. Are they looking yeah. for solutions like the, the finding the, where the product was produced and kind of the transparency through technology? 
Well, so when we were talking about, you know, has Avery Denson had sustainable solutions? So something like that has been around for quite a few years, right? And and not till recently did this idea of transparency really start to bubble up and this idea of blockchain. We did this great collaboration with a, with a brand called Alix, where it was kind of the first ever blockchain on apparel. So using this Janela technology, working with a few partners, you can uh, have this blockchain and you can really see that every step of where the garment was made and how it got there. Yes, there's, consumers are finally now asking for this and demanding it. So now the brands are getting it and, and, and trying to wrap their he heads around, okay, how can they use this, this idea, this, this transparency and tech to, you know, to meet these consumer demands? Yeah, they're definitely not simple problems to be solved. So it's, it's cool to hear how simple some of the solutions are. And you know, with this idea, when, when we first kind of launched this idea, we, we worked with this platform called Everything and, and this brand called Rochambeau in New York City. And we, uh, Rochambeau is a, is, is a wonderful brand and, and, talk, and we talked about Christopher Rayburn and how fun it is to work with, with brands that kind of push us. With, with Rochambeau, they had this one jacket, the bomber jacket. And um, the, basically in the bomber jacket, they had this little secret pocket in the sleeve and it, and it, was, it, it, it was either through NFC or through QR code that when you bought this jacket, I think there was only 50 made of this jacket. Oh, you unlocked it with your phone. Um, you know, you just kind of unlocked it with your phone. And what happened was it created this kind of very New York City experience for you. You got to make reservations that really hard to do to, to get restaurants. Um, you know, if you're wearing at certain clubs in New York City, if you're wearing the jacket, you know, the, 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 you jump the queue, the bouncer would just kind of scan your jacket and you go right in. Uh, I'm trying to think about all the different experiences that we had with this jacket. Um, I think the it kind of the crescendo of this jacket is that if you wore it to that was kind of your invite to the next Rochambeau uh, yeah, fashion that's show in New York. Cool, but the 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 garment becomes the credential to get you backstage or get you the VIP access. And yeah, and just kind of unlock this experience. And and that was one way that Rochambeau was thinking about it was more kind of this experiential piece, right? As opposed to also um, Alix, which was really thinking about that transparency and that sustainable route right so there's and i think you can almost marry both right you can talk to your consumers about your your goals right your sustainability goals or and not every brand wants to shout out right that, that you know about their sustainability ideas i mean even though i think consumers are demanding it and it's very important to be transparent of it sometimes you, you don't want to be kind of like um I, I don't know, greenwashing or yeah, way, yeah. Or just, not you know. not every company that does it has to lead with it and make it their whole identity. It can just be this is how we operate. Yeah, this is how we operate, right? And this is how we were born, and this is what we do. And if you want to find out about it, you can find out more. But we're not going to shout about it. And then sometimes brands, you know, because when you're out there as a consumer and you're trying to make decisions, right, on the shop floor. Sometimes it's actually great to have that little hint, like, hey, yeah. this garment is made of this, or, you know, it was, uh, you know, we, nothing was hurt in the process of, of making it, or, you know, so. Yeah, but, it, but also it looks really cool, or it meets, it meets the requirements that you have. And by the way, it, it, we did everything we could to make sustainable choices throughout the production and design process. 
And I, I think, you know, I think very soon we're going to be, as consumers, we're going to know and understand that that um, what's going to make it feel cool, right? Not only look cool, but feel cool is to know that it was made in the most sustainable way, right? As you wear this jacket, you know, you're going to have this idea, this feeling that, yes, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm participating in a, in a, in a circular kind of idea here that's going to, you know, that, that everybody can, can, can be proud of. Right. And, and I think that those decisions with, with, with consumers are probably very soon will we'll see that, right. Where they're really going to think, and, and I say they, but with us, right. We're all consumers here. Right. right? We're really, really going to think about before we want to spend that money on whatever that thing is, right. What, what is, you know, where was this made? Who made the clothes? How did it impact the environment? How did it impact the garment worker that created it? And and you're going to feel that as you put on that garment, right? And you're you're going to want to support only brands and and companies that that are thinking that way. Yep. Yeah. This is Rana. Thank you so much for um, making time to to chat. Uh, this is a great conversation. I I appreciate your time very much. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening. Hey, uh, where can <laughs> it's been people, fun talking to you. Yeah, where can people find you online? I think you should follow us on Instagram because we have um, a great Instagram ac- account where you can really be inspired about what we're doing from a sustainability perspective or brand partnership. Oh, cool. uh, it, it's called the Made to Mention at Made to Mention. Um, so, yes, look, look out for us there. Um, and yeah, I'd love to have a conversation around sustainability or branding. Perfect. Yeah, I will uh, I'll link to made to mention uh, in the notes for sure. Beautiful. All right. Thanks again for joining us. This has been great. Thanks, Adam. Wait, don't stop listening. The show's not over. If you liked what you just heard, or you've liked any of the episodes of The Strategy Inside Everything, do me a favor. I really appreciate it. Leave a review wherever you listen to the show, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever. Please leave us a rating and a review. Please, if you can, share this episode or another episode with a friend. Let them know what you liked about it. Uh, That helps us quite a bit. If you have ideas for guests, for topics, follow up on episodes you've heard, you can tweet at us, at APierno, that's me, or at strategy underscore inside, that's the show. Either way, I promise I will respond to you and get back to you right away. And listen, running this show is a labor of love. I really do it just because I enjoy the conversations, but it does cost money. So web hosting costs money. Microphones cost money. My kids' haircuts cost money. If you wouldn't mind, look at our Patreon, it's Patreon, uh, Adam Pierno there and you could help us out quite a bit. For more information about all the guests we've had, anything you want to know about the podcast, uh, my two books, Underthink It in specific, or ways to engage with me as a strategy consultant or as a speaker at your next event, please go to adampierno.com and you'll find all the information you want. And if you can't, just send me a note. Thanks a lot.